the Savior. And uh, he sings that well, and I can just imagine of that right now. But what a Savior we have tonight. Amen. I'm glad I'm in the Lord's army. And I'm glad that I'm his tonight. And I'm glad that one day, someday, we'll see him. And uh, I can't wait, and it's going to be a good time. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your, for your goodness and for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, how you've been uh, loving toward us and patient. And we're asking tonight, Lord, that you'll move a, do a work within our hearts and souls. We pray you'll breathe on us, Lord. We pray that the breeze and the wind of God would come into our way and, and upon our hearts tonight, Lord. And may we see revival. God, may we see a stirring, and may we see, dear God, life, dear God, in the way of singing, in the way of preaching, and God, the way of our lives being changed for the glory of God. Open our eyes and let us see the truths of God's Word. God, melt in our heart, dear God, the very things of God. Change us for the glory of God here tonight. God, make us different than when we came in. God, may we leave tonight, dear God, knowing that we met with God, that we worship the Lord. God, that we gave our all here tonight in the way of service towards God. Thank you for all that you've gathered here tonight. I pray you'll bless them, meet their needs, touch their lives. I pray you'd answer their prayers, give them the desires of their heart tonight. Oh, thank you again, Lord, for letting us come back into the house of God and being part of your family tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, good evening, church. Let's get our songbooks open. Get ready to worship the Lord. Amen. Page 63. Page 63. 63. 63. 63. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and Precious name, oh sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. Take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from every snare. If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Precious name. Precious name, oh sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Oh, the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy. When his loving arms receive us, and his songs are tongues employ. Precious name, oh sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name of sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, at the name of Jesus bowing, falling prostrate at his feet. King of kings in heaven will crown him when our journey is complete. Precious name, oh sweet, hope of earth and joy. 
Jesus' name, oh, I'll sing hope of earth and joy of heaven. Amen. All right, let's go on over to page 332. 332. Yeah. Normally I sing this song as an invitation, but I just feel compelled to sing it with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Pray that you love Christ. Three thirty-two, three thirty-two. My Jesus, I love Thee. I know Thou art mine. For Thee, all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior, art Thou. stop right there on that song but I just want to just want to sing another song with you is that okay okay let's go to page 210 210 this is a good time just to shout that you're saved amen it's good to be saved okay one thing about doing it on the spot let's hope we're in the right key so see how it goes all right, so on the chorus, we'll have the guys sing Glory, I'm Saved, and the ladies sing Saved. Let's see how it goes. <clears throat> saved by the blood of the crucified one, now ransomed from sin and a new work being. 
save. My sins are all pardoned, my guilt is all gone. Glory, I'm saved. Glory, I'm saved. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified By the blood of the crucified one, the angels rejoicing because it is done. A child of the Father joined there with the Son, saved by the blood of the crucified one. Glory, I'm saved. Glory, I'm saved. My sins are all pardoned. My guilt is all gone. pardon his own precious son saved by the blood of the crucified one glory i'm saved glory i'm saved my sins are all pardoned my guilt is all gone glory i'm saved glory i'm saved i'm saved by the blood of the crucified By the blood of the crucified one, all hail to the Father, all hail to the Son, all hail to the Spirit, the great three in one, saved by the blood of the crucified one. Glory, I'm saved, glory, I'm saved, my sins are all pardoned, my guilt is all gone. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. I want to sing that chorus. Let's sing that chorus one more time with total fervor, the total passion for the Lord. Amen. On that chorus. Glory, I'm saved. Glory, I'm saved. My sins are all pardoned. My guilt is all gone. Glory, I'm saved. Glory, I'm saved. I'm saved. By the blood of the crucified one. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's good, amen. You know, if you're saved, that's just good to sing. Amen. It's encouraging to sing. I'm going to have Diana come sing with me a song. Before I do that, I just want to share... Just want to share just a quick passage of the Bible, Romans 8, verse, um, verse. let's see, let's start with verse 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
think about that passage, and that's, I mean, what else more do you need? Amen. What else more do you need? You tore the veil so I could see the beauty of your majesty with bloodstained arms you carried me into your love eternally the empty tomb it heals our saints the grip of hell will not remain filled with your power i'm standing free because jesus you are my glorious king Death has no power over me, and I will stand in the wake of victory. So then, come what may, I'll follow all the way, cause death has no power over me, and there's no chain you cannot break. Nor deepest scar you won't erase my sacrifice of praise I bring to Jesus you are my glorious King and death has no power over me and now we'll stand in the wake of victory darkest hour is trampled at your feet the grave it will not hold me down oh death where is your sting the enemy can't make a sound he bows in his defeat the curse was broken on that day you bled on calvary oh death has no power over me and now we'll stand in the wake of victory so then come what may, I'll follow all the way, cause death has no power over me, death has no power over me, death has no power over me. Amen. It's good to see uh, Sister Diane and Brother George singing. Amen. And I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the uh, the congregational songs. Amen. They were good. And uh, I always love the hymns. They encourage my heart. In the way of uh, the announcements here tonight, on Friday night we'll have Bible study again, seven o'clock. Brother George will be taking care of that as well. And then on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock is visitation, and we'll go out for a few hours, and then come back, and we're going to do a few uh, projects around here. If you'd like to stay and hang out with us to do that, we'll be glad that you will do that. Amen? 
And so, looking forward to that. Also, on Sunday, uh, next Sunday at 2 o'clock, we'll be going to the nursing home and uh, preaching and singing and uh, just ministering to those folks and just uh, reaching out to them uh, in what we can do and to encourage them, to help them uh, in places where folks probably don't come see them very often. And so we want to be part of that as well. Brother Cat, that's his ministry. We just kind of want to uh, kind of join in with him and to help him through and to be part of what he's part of so that we can uh, uh, be his uh, co-workers in the name of Christ. Amen. And so I'm looking for, I hope all y'all get to go. The more, the better. All right. If you have your Bibles here uh, tonight, turn to back to Ecclesiastes with me. And uh, we'll begin reading there in verse 12. And uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2 in verse 1. Chapter 2 in verse 1. And uh, let's stand to our feet and we'll read down to about verse 12 uh, here tonight, verse 11. And uh, I want to preach tonight a message that we uh, have began and we just started in this. We've been preaching through Ecclesiastes. We ain't got very far uh, because of different things, but tonight we want to uh, move forward and move on here tonight with this. And so as we read in chapter 2 and verse 1, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this is also vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works, I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, I planted trees of them of all kind of fruits, I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees, I got me servants and made servants and servants born in my house. I also had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasures of kings and of provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withhold not my heart from any joy. My heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion for all my labor. Then I looked on all the works of my hands and had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, I, it was all vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. God, I ask you to help us tonight, Lord, to understand what Solomon is saying. God, where is he coming from? Uh, what type of points is he trying to make? God, bring the clear understanding and what we can take and how we can take it tonight, Lord, to help us in our Christian walk and our Christian life. 
Again, I thank you, God, for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, that you even give us these chapters and these words uh, from a man tonight, dear God, that uh, wasn't walking with you, Lord, and, and yet God is penned in the Word of God by the Spirit of God for our learning and for our education. God, we pray that we'll take it and, Lord, apply it to our lives and that we may learn tonight uh, what living for God really means and is it worth living tonight, this life of a Christian. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so we began the message some days ago. We called it the meaning of life. We talked about some philosophers over the years, over many years. Uh, they have given some statements. I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to read a few of them. And what the philosophers have said about life. And really the question was, is what is the meaning of life? Is there meaning in life? Is life worth living? Uh, is it all that it says that it is? Well, there were some philosophers that said this. They said the meaning of life is mental and self-sufficiency. That is, if you can work your mind and you have a good mind and you're able to, to intellect your way through life and you're self-sufficient, you don't have to count on the government, you got to count on your family, you can make it your own, yourself, that's the meaning of life. The meaning of life tonight, another one said, is the life of pleasure. Just have fun. Just enjoy life. Just fulfill the desires of your heart. Just do whatever it is that makes you happy. Whatever's fun, enjoy it. That's what he would say. Another philosopher said that the meaning of life is knowledge. The more knowledge you gain, the more understanding you get, more intellect you have, the more degrees, the more books you read, uh, the, the more of the uh, things of this world in which you can gather so that you'll have much to say and you'll have much to talk about, uh, then that's the meaning of life. Another one said the meaning of life is skills and work. That is, that you go out and go to work, you get skills to do the work, and while you do the work, then you can have the fruit of your labor from your hands, and that's the meaning of life, just work. Uh, another one said the meaning of life is being a good person, and that's what life is all about, just being a good mother, a good father, being a good person, a good neighbor, a good co-worker, a good family member, uh, be good to your community, be good to your country, to your state, just be good is the meaning of life. Noah said the meaning of life is promoting and supporting other people. And that is those that are down or those that are out or those that are less fortunate or those that don't have what you have, that you would support them, give to them, uh, make sure that they might have not what you have but close to what you have. And that if you go around the world and, and doing that, you'll find the meaning of life. The meaning of life, another one said, is to fulfill the duties that God has provoked in your life. If you're a mother, fulfill that duty. If you're a father, fulfill that duty. And whatever job you do, fulfill that duty. If you can fulfill the duties, that's the meaning of life. The meaning of life, another one said, is contributing to humanity. That is to make humanity better. That is to improve humanity. That makes sure that humanity is a better than when you leave, than when you, uh, than when, better than when you came, than when you leave. Amen. And so we find that humanity has to be improved. That's the meaning of life. Another one said that the meaning of life is to make up values and to keep them. And so whatever values you have, whatever uh, integrity and characters in which you present, that you keep what you say. And that's the meaning of life. But there's one that's older than all of them named Solomon. And Solomon said about life in verses 1 through 11, he said, life under the sun, in verse 2, he said, all is vanity. That's what he said. 
to all of the other philosophers that were way after Solomon, and Solomon being first, said, everything is uselessness. Everything is meaningless, and everything is emptiness. That's what he says. He's saying that life isn't even worth living. Matter of fact, he says in verse 14, he says uh, that life is all vanity and vexation of spirit. That word vexation of spirit means grasping at wind, or it means chasing the wind, or it means being busy or striving for the wind. It's like us out there looking at the wind and we're going to chase after it and we're going to uh, follow it and, and we're going to grasp after it. That's what he says life is. That ain't much of life, is it? I'm talking about tonight Solomon has said, listen, this is what so far I have found out that life is. Basically, it's not worth living. How many used, if you remember, he used the generations. He used the sun, the wind, the rivers. Uh, he used uh, tonight uh, these things to prove that things just don't change. That life is a circle and life is a cycle. And that things just come back, things just keep revolving, and it just keeps on going around, and nothing ever, ever is any different. And life tonight is what Solomon said to be just full of vanity and vexation of spirit. But then in chapter 2, in portion of chapter 1, uh, he began to figure out that I'm going to find out why is all of life vanity. I am the wisest man in all the world, he says. No one wiser than me. If there's anybody in all of the world that can figure out what life is, I can and he begins to go on a it's experiment, I guess you could say, or you might say he goes on in a way to figure out how can I know what really life is about. And we find out that he looks inward uh, here in this chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, he says this, I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom. And we preached on this already, but we're not going to go much on it. But he looked in his heart. And he says, you know, I'm going to get my heart in it. I'm going to put my head in it. I'm going to seek it out. I'm going to search it out. I'm going to find out what really life is all about. He says in verse 13, concerning all things that are done under heaven. And though we find tonight, that's exactly what he did. Also, he summarized everything in verse 14. He says, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. He simplified everything in verse 15. He said, everything under the sun never changes. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. The Son of Man cannot change it. The Son of Man cannot get it changed, and it won't change. And then he looks outward. He begins to look above and beyond him in verse 16 and verse 17. He says maybe the mind, maybe the intellect will bring a meaning to life. And he goes forward in verse 16 uh, through 18. 
He says, I commune with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to a great estate and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. My heart and my great experience of wisdom and knowledge, I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this is also vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. He said, maybe in the mind it will give us what we need to know about the meaning of life. And for he went forth in his experience, he said he had, uh, he said that it's still vexation of spirit. He said, uh, the more you know, the more it hurts. In verse 18, he said, the more I get to know what's taking place in people's lives, get to know what's taking place in my life, it brings anger, it brings uh, affliction, it brings anguish, and boy, isn't that true tonight? The more you know about people, the more harm and hurt you can get. It's better tonight, it seems, not to know so much and that you don't hurt as much because the more you know, the more it hurts, amen? And so Solomon, friend, was saying that, you know what, uh, that me, even though I have, I'm the wisest man in all the world and my mind tonight, I have seen and known that it's still vexation of spirit even though I have the greatest mind in all minds, it's still the meaning of life is not the mind. It's not wisdom tonight. It's not all you know. It's not all the books you read. It's not all the education you got. It's not all the intellect that you have. It's not you being a theologian. It's not you having the answer for every problem. It's not you having the fix for every trouble. It's not tonight that you have every answer. You have every word that anybody could ever say. Friend, that's not the meaning of life. So he said that. He said number two. He said maybe. Maybe the pleasures would bring the meaning of life. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. He says, with mirth, therefore, enjoy pleasure. In verse 1, he says, enjoy life's pleasures. That's what he says. He said, maybe this is the meaning of life. Enjoy what life pleasures are, like movies. I mean, go to the movies, get a movie. Uh, rent a movie, get a Netflix, uh, uh, get, get whatever you can, watch all the movies and get all the movies. How about the music of the world? Man, get into those pleasures as well. I mean, rock and roll. I mean, you know, the country and western, the R&B, the rap. I mean, just whatever you want, amen. Have it all, all of the genres that you say. And you can go through your whole uh, uh, stereo, all through your whole, uh, in your in your case and kind of inside your car. I'm sure if we go out there in your cars, we can look in your case and see what kind of music you listen to, amen, and show us exactly where you are with God. Anyway. We find tonight that in the way of pleasures, uh, it might be tonight not only in music and in movies, but maybe entertainment, maybe festivals, feasts, and maybe tonight. Uh, can you imagine as old Solomon was sitting back with all of his harem and sitting back in all of those feasts and, and they were drinking the wines and they were having the dancers and, and they were eating the big grapes and, and they were enjoying all the big lobster tails and, and, that, and he was just eating everything up and he was enjoying all the pleasures than any king could ever have. All the women, all the wine, all the wealth, anything and everything at his, at his fingertips. And Fred, can you imagine everybody sitting on the sideline over there looking at Solomon and say, boy, I'll do anything to take his place. Right? 
That's the way it usually looks like, right? All these rich people, all these famous people, all these people deny who have millions and jillions of dollars and they run all the big cars and go to all big places and have all these mansions and you look at them, they're always having a good time, smile on their face. They got perfect bodies or tins. Uh, they got perfect hair. They got perfect eyes. They got perfect walk. They got perfect everything. Their children's perfect. Everything's perfect. The, the wife is perfect. The husband's perfect. And Fred, you look at them and say, wow, everything's going good for them. Look at them millions of dollars, enjoying the yachts out on the beaches, enjoying the time together with their family. It seems like they got no worries. And over here they're saying, I wish I was them. I wish I had what they had. Oh, but tonight we know anything about Solomon. There's somebody in the Bible that you didn't ever want to be like. That was Solomon. <laughs> He's trying to figure out whether there's a meaning of life. Why would you want to be like him? I mean, he's trying to figure out. He said, my wisdom in the meaning of life. And now he's talking about maybe pleasure is just the, the meaning of life. And we find uh, tonight in verse 2, he said, maybe experiences is life's fun. I mean, he talks about uh, there in verse 2, I said, of laughter is mad and myrrh. What doeth? Laugh and celebrate and boast and rejoice and gladness. Maybe that's life. Maybe that's where life's meaning is all about. We got to get more laughable. Uh, we got to be more joyable. Amen. I mean, don't be a stick in the mud. I'm told that all the time. Hey, listen, you know what? Uh, you got to ease up a little bit. Uh, you got to come out of your shell, they tell me. They said, listen, you're going to have to break out and enjoy life a little bit. Uh, you're just in a rut. You just go to church. You just preach. You come home. You go to work. And you go back to church. There's something bad wrong with you. You need to enjoy life a little bit. That's what I've been told. That's what they tell me all the time. And I say, listen, friend, uh, just leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. Uh, just don't bother me. I'm having a good time in what I'm doing. But the Bible, but he's saying, Solomon's saying, maybe in this learning to have pleasures is laugh. Maybe that's the meaning of life. We got to laugh more. We got we to be more funny. We got to have more boastfulness. Make light of life. Don't be so serious. Chill out. Relax. It's okay. He said, number three, maybe you indulge in life's desires. He said in verse three, I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine. He said, maybe I need to indulge in life's beverages or in life's desires. Not only tonight in life's fun and life's pleasures, but I drink a little bit of wine. You know, it's like this. You drink one, one bottle of wine and, or one glass of wine and you get a little fun. You drink two bottles or two glasses of wine and you get some enjoyment. You drink more and you get more enjoyment. But after a while, it's just not enough. You got to get more. Not more, but stronger. You know, you one or two drinks just don't cut it anymore because before you got really, really enjoyed, but now you could drink two or three and you still feel like you're still in the world. So now you got to get stronger, not more, but stronger. So you get a little stronger. And you get a little stronger, you'll find that you'll never bring satisfaction. Only emptiness and disappointment will always come through. And that's what he's saying in verse 3. He said, I yet, yet acquainting with my heart with wisdom and lay a hold on folly. Entwine life's life with folly tonight. Uh, that is tonight to seize on silliness and on foolishness. 
He said, just live like a fool. Just live silly. Live, live haphazardly. Uh, don't be so responsible. Don't be so accountable. Just live haphazardly. Just go out and do what you want to do when you want to do it. Solomon said, maybe that's the meaning of life. And so we find tonight, and we kind of stopped preaching there last time. We'll start up right here in verse 4. And the third thing that he thought that might be in the way of his experiment of what the meaning of life is, is maybe works bring the meaning of life. In chapter 2 and verse 4, he says, I made me great works. He said, I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted me trees and them of all kind of fruits. I made thee pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. He says, I got me servants and made servants and servants born in my house. I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. He said, you know, uh, man's accomplishments, that has to be the manner of life. That has to be the meaning of life tonight. What you can accomplish. How I many he said, uh, I, how many times in those, four, those three verses? I, in other words, he was full of pride. It was not only their pride, but I noticed their projects. He said, I made, I made, I builded, I planted. And so if I'm the made in the projects that he does, maybe that's the meaning of life, the projects that you do. The fences you buy or the fences you make, or the houses you make, or the walls you make, or the things you make, or the plants you plant, or the trees you plant. Is that the meaning of life? He's saying, maybe the praise, for he said, I made me. Me. I builded me. I planted me. Verse 5, I made me. Verse 6, I made me. Verse 7, I got me. He said tonight what Solomon was saying was man's accomplishments. Maybe that is the meaning of life. That's what he's saying. Number two, not only man's accomplishments, but man's accumulations. Verses 8 and 9, we find that he accumulated uh, things, people, and wisdom. He says, I gathered me also silver and gold, peculiar treasures of kings and the promises. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments of that all sorts. I was great and increased with more than all that were for me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. It's accumulated. Maybe that's the meaning of life tonight as a Christian. It's what you have. I mean, he had things, people, Wisdom. I mean, he had it all. And so in this search and, and in this seeking and this experiment, as Solomon is trying to find what is in life, is life worth living? Why am we living for? Maybe we're living for the wisdom that God gives us. No. Maybe we're living for the pleasures that God gives us. No. Maybe we're living for the works our accomplishments, our, our things that we have built and things that we have, have accumulated. How about man's excess? Look at verse 10. He says, 
And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. My heart rejoiced in all my labor. This was my portion of all my labor. Whatever my eyes desired, whatever my heart demanded, and whatever my mind deserved, I was there and I got it. You know what? I believe tonight somebody that probably is not saved would say, that's pretty good life right there. Wouldn't you think? I mean, you made all these things. You have all those things. And now, whatever you look at, you get. And whatever you demand, you have. That's pretty good life. But for the Christian, it's not the meaning of life. Solomon's saying to us, in my experiment, in my life experience, I'm looking for the meaning of life. Is life worth living? And he said, you know what? In my works, there's no meaning there. You say, man, Solomon's kind of running it down, isn't he? Yeah, he's running it down. He's telling us tonight the wisdom that you can have, that, that don't bring meaning. He's saying, well, you know, all the pleasures of life, that don't bring meaning. And now he's telling us all the works, that don't bring meaning. Because down in verse 11, he says, Behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. I mean, all that I just said, that's what he said. Whether it's pleasures, whether it's works, whether it's wisdom, nothing profit. It's almost like, Solomon, why are you living, bro? And you know what? Many of us tonight is looking for the meaning of life. What is it, man? If we could just get through this weekend. Man, if I could just get through this week and Friday. You know how many people will live for Fridays? You know how many people today live for the next vacation? You know how many people today that live just for the next event? And that's the meaning of life. It don't matter, friend, of anything else. But what matters is that they have a meaning of life. And Solomon's saying, I'm the wisest man in all the world. I've got more than anybody's ever had in all the world. And I'm telling you right now, you can work your fingers off. You can work your fingers to the bone. You can have pleasure every single night. And you can be the smartest cat in all the world. And you still, life under the sun is empty. So all of us that are Christians trying to reach out to all those things, just letting you know on a side note, that won't make you happy. That won't bring contentment. That won't bring a satisfaction. Because that's what Solomon said. And then I say, fourthly, I notice he said, well, maybe facts, maybe truth will bring the meaning of life. In verse 12 of chapter 2, he says, I, he says, I, I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly for what can the man do that cometh after the king even that which hath been already done then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly as far as light exceedeth or excelleth uh, darkness in verse 12 he's saying this I am the wisest and wealthiest man that ever lived what can a man do after me that I didn't do isn't that true that's true Nobody's been wiser than him, nor more wealthier than him. And he's making a statement. He's saying, there's nobody going to come after me that can do more than I did. And there's nobody after me that's going to have more than I had. That's true. So even facts tonight 
Don't bring the meaning of life. Another fact that he brought forth is in verse 13. He says, I am the wisest and wealthiest man that ever lived. Uh, wisdom is better than foolishness, and light is better than darkness. That's true. Verse 14, he says, That wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happened to them all. He said, I am the wisest and wealthiest man that ever lived. Whether you are wise or foolish, both are lost to die or saved to die. One event, one event, he said there in that verse, uh, uh, verse, that verse 14. Also that one event happened to them all. That's death. And so he's saying now, now, I, even though the facts is and the truth is, as I'm the wisest and richest man, and there's none before me and there's none after me, and uh, to, to, to do the things that I did, uh, nobody's going to do that after me. But there's one thing, whether I am rich and wealthy or whether you're poor and dumb, there's one thing that's going to happen to both of them, and that is death. So now, now he's kind of looking and saying, wow, this is kind of a something. He says, in the way of trying to figure out what the manner of life is in verse 16, he says, I am the wisest and the wealthiest man ever lived. There is no remembrance for the wise or the fool. Look at verse 16. For there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that which now is the days to come uh, shall be all forgotten, and how dieth the wise man as the fool. So Solomon is coming to a conclusion in the way of his experience, in the way of his uh, looking to find what the meaning of life is. He said, whether you're wise and rich and whether you are the one who has all this and all that, or you over here poor and has nothing and did nothing and you're dumb as a rock and you ain't got a clue about what's taking place, he said, not only will you die, but eventually nobody even know who you are. Right. <laughs> if it wasn't for the Word of God, we wouldn't know Solomon tonight. If it wasn't for some maybe historical books, we wouldn't know about any of our presidents years ago. If it wasn't for your family members showing you pictures of your great-great-grandfather and mother, you wouldn't even know them. And there's coming a day, dear friend, that nobody will remember you either. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, we're living right here. We're thinking everybody remember me all the time. I mean, ain't nobody going to forget me. Oh, but I'm telling you tonight, whether you're saved or lost, you're going to die. And whether you're saved or lost, somebody, everybody will not be remembered. Solomon's finding out in this experiment, friend, that even the facts. So he comes to a conclusion in verse 15. He said, uh, then I said in my heart that this is also vanity. (laughs) Verse 17, therefore I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Well, he has not improved at all, has he? I mean, listen, he's, he's going every which way in every experiment. He's trying, friend, to find out, is life worth living because of, I'm smart with wisdom? Is life worth living because of pleasures? Is life worth living because of work? Is life worth living because of facts? And he comes to the conclusion in verse 17, it's all vanity. How would you like to be Solomon at this point? He 
is finding no good answers. Matter of fact, he is building a case that life isn't worth living. That's what he's building. I mean, if we stopped right there and said, okay, Solomon, you convinced us that we all should just die. He said, I hated life. I hate living. You can't ever get enough money. You can't ever have enough love. You can't ever get enough things. And Fred, you can't ever stay healthy. And it seems like you can't ever stop fighting. It seems like you can't ever just be happy. And you can't ever seem to be satisfied. Uh, Your ears are never satisfied. Your eyes are never satisfied. Your life is never content. You always want something. You always want more. If you don't have it, you get disappointed. Uh, You get distracted. You get distraught. It just seems like troubles come after troubles. When will it ever quit? I try my hardest, I try my best, I come to church, I pay my tithes, I give my offerings, I pray unto God, I'm good to my family, I do anything and everything that anyone asks me to do. I want to live for God and I do what's right and honest tonight. I don't tell lies or stories or deception in any way. I feel like I'm right with God, but it seems like life is difficult. I hate life. Amen. That's what Solomon is saying. He's saying tonight to you and I, I'm trying to find out what meaning of life is. Sixthly, he said, how about maybe the inheritance might bring the meaning of life. He says in verse 18, Yea, I hated my, all my labor which I had taken under the sun because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me and Who knoweth whether he shall be wise man or fool? Yet shall he have rule over my labor wherein I have labored and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This also is vanity. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. And so what is he saying to us? He's saying number one, he said I hate all my labor because I have to leave it. Solomon said all that I labored all the billions and jillions of money, things all the treasures of gold and silver and cattle, men serving, women serving, all that I had of value I hate life because I have to leave it. Because death is coming my way. Now, what a way to look at life. But Solomon's looking at it this way. He says, number two, in those scriptures, you know, he hated life because the labor, because all my labor, because I have to leave it. But uh, he said, I hate life because all my labor, somebody else will get it. All the hard work and all the hard times and all the sweat and all the the, the things I had to do to get what I got, now I'm about to die, and when I die, somebody's going to get it. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it, man. He said, I hate life. He said, thirdly, he said, I hate it. Because all my labor, in verse 20, because I can't protect it. See, he can't, 
He's come to a place in his inheritance. Maybe that's the meaning of life, to be able to give money or give things to people who, after you die in order to give to your children and grandchildren and whomever. But now he's saying, I hate life because now death is going to come to the, to the saved and unsaved, to the, the rich and to the poor, and now I can't protect it. I wish I could do something with it so they can't get it. I wish I could hide it. I wish I could uh, maybe do something in the place where, where I can keep it. I can protect it. But he said, I can't. I hate life. Because I have to give it up. Because I have to give it to somebody else because I can't protect it. He said, I hate it because uh, they didn't do anything to deserve it in verse 21. He says, for there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity, yet to a man that he hath not labored therein, shall he leave it for his portion. He didn't work for it. He didn't do anything for it, and he's going to get it. He's going to get a portion of money. He's going to get a portion of jewelry, a portion of jewels, and he's going to get all that he has, and he's saying, I hate life because all that I've gathered, all that I've gained is fixing to get to somebody who didn't do one thing for it. Wouldn't you hate to be in Solomon's position today? I mean, he did all that he did, had all he had. Now he's worried that whoever's going to get it didn't do anything for it. <laughs> oh, but you'd be amazed of all the rich people that have that mindset. Number verse 22, he said, I hate life because all my labor, I can't hold it. He said, For what hath the man of all his labor and of vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun? Verse 23, he said, But I hate life because I, I can't labor, because I can't forget it. He says in verse 23, For all his days are sorrows and of travail, grief. Yea, his heart taketh no rest in the night. This is also not vanity. This is also vanity. In other words, he's saying that all my life. I know that I'm coming to death. And when death comes, all that I have is going to be given to somebody else. And all the days I worry about it. It's always on my mind. I can't forget about it. And so he says to us tonight, what is life? Is life worth living? Maybe tonight it's wisdom. The greatest man, the wisest man said no. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's pleasures. Laughing, talking, having a good time, eating, drinking, and being merry. He said no. Well, how about it has to be maybe then work. I mean, work, skill, make a lot, do a lot, get a lot. Surely that's the meaning of life. Solomon said no. How about facts? This truth. No. How about inheritance? I mean, surely you'll do all this work and be able to hand it down to your children and then your children hand it down to your grandchildren and your grandchildren to your great-grandchildren. Man, that seems like it's a great idea. Solomon said, that's vanity. I hate it. So not only does he look outward and he looked inward, but tonight I close with Solomon looking upward. He come to a place in his walk with God. In verse 24, he says, There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink 
and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat or who else can hasten hereunto more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail and gather into heap up that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Can I say here uh, this, this evening that he looks upward. God is in the giving. Finally, finally. After all that he's had and all that he experimented in and all that he has said to us in chapter 1 and chapter 2, he finally come to his senses and said, Listen, God is in all the giving. He's in the giving of wisdom. He's in the giving of things. He's in the giving of life. He's in the giving. Tonight, that's the meaning of life. It's knowing that whatever you have tonight... God has given that to you. And that's the meaning of it. Not is it in the giving, but it's in the gift. The meaning of life is in the gift. That means tonight that whatever God has given you, uh, wisdom or knowledge or joy tonight, you can understand and know that it's God that gave you that gift. Amen? Tonight, if there's any ounce of joy in your heart, it's Him. If there's any ounce of intellect or wisdom you've got in your mind tonight, it's Him. Tonight, if it's any knowledge of what you've done and have done tonight, it's Him. And so tonight we find, according to the Scripture, that He finally looked upward. And while looking upward tonight, He realized that it's God that's the giver and God that's the gift and God that's in the glory of the gift and the giver. That it's God that gets the glory on what you have tonight. It's God that gets the glory tonight in the wisdom that you've got. It's God that gets the glory tonight in all that you attain and pertain in your life tonight. Whatever you have, the car, the life, the health, the money, the church, the house, the husband, the wife, the children, anything, everything, all things tonight. Listen, it's all the glory of God. God. That's the meaning of life. That's the meaning of it. Is that God and gift and giver, He's the glory. That'll make life worthwhile. That'll make you live life for all day. You'll not say, I hate life, when you know that it's God that's doing all that He's doing tonight. You'll enjoy life. You'll be happy in life. You'll be satisfied in life. You'll say, listen, Lord, it don't matter what I got and what I don't got. It don't matter how smart I am tonight. It don't matter, God, and what you're going to do or you're not going to do. It's all for the glory of God. That's the meaning of life tonight. We find tonight that God is uh, in also the mind. He says that there in these verses here, uh, God gives the mind, God gives the ability, and God gives the satisfaction. So whatever mind you got tonight, whatever wisdom you got tonight, it's God giving it to you, and then He gives you the ability and the knowledge that you have to put in an action, and then He gives you the satisfaction of the ability that you've done. For example, tonight, I say that you out there, you work on a house. You say you'll work on a house, and I'll make $1,000 that week. You say when you get done building that house and you make $1,000, you go home and tell your wife, hey, wife, look what I did. Well, that sounds like Solomon. Rather than go home to say to your wife, hey, don't want to show you what God did. 
What did he do? Well, number one, he gave me the understanding of how and the skills in order for me to build that house. And then that caused me to take that skill and that understanding and to put it in action. And that's wisdom. And then, secondly, he not only did that, but then he gave me the very privilege and the honor of seeing that built and be seeing that project done, and he's the one who done it, and then I got great satisfaction in my heart that God did it, and now we got $1,000. Yeah. I know it's a silly, silly, real silly illustration, but that's the meaning of life. It's all about what God has done in our mind. Because see, he said, maybe it's our mind that is the meaning of life. It's not that. It's what God did in our mind. He said, how about the pleasure? Well, God gives the pleasure. God gives the liberty to enjoy the pleasure. And God gives the satisfaction in the pleasure. Let me explain. He thought maybe just having a pleasure, and that's the meaning of life. Oh, no, no. Uh, God gives you the pleasure. Right? Is there anything wrong within the pleasure? No. We are men and women who enjoy pleasures. Sure. Right? All of us have desires in our hearts. Sure. There's nothing to be wrong with that. Let's not walk out of here and say, you know what? I got a pleasure in my heart. I'm a wicked sinner. <laughs> I'm going to die and go to hell because I got a, a desire in my heart. Man, let's not get that ridiculous. Right. If God would say to you, I give you this pleasure, and then God not, would not only give you that pleasure, but then God would give you the privilege of enjoying that pleasure. And then after the pleasure, you'll be satisfied with the pleasure. And then tonight, it's not the pleasure that's the meaning of life, but it's God that gave the pleasures the meaning of life. Right. Amen. Right. So we got to know tonight that the meaning of life is not just in pleasure, but the meaning of life is that God gives you that pleasure. And then God allows you to have liberty within that pleasure and then bring satisfaction with that pleasure. God did that. Amen. That's the meaning of life. Meaning of life is work tonight. God gives you the work. God gives you the capability to do the work. And God gives you the satisfaction of the work. It's just not go out there and work, 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 work. It's go out there and work at the capabilities that God gives you and then you can enjoy your work and then have be satisfied with the work. That's God. Amen. He said, how about facts? God gives you life, God gives you days, and God gives you satisfaction. Amen. God, tomorrow, God will get you up out of bed. God will get you down to the workplace. God will get you down there doing the job that, that someone asks you to do with the skills and the mind and the heart and all that it requires to do the job you need to do. And at the end of the day, when you did a good job and did a fine job, you finished all that you ought to do and do all that you, they said they're going to do. And then the God will give you that job, give you that ability to do that job. At the end of the day, you'll be satisfied. That's the meaning of life. I can be satisfied with it because God gave it to me. It's not just work. It's work that God gave. It's the work that God gave me the ability to do. The work that God has given me the satisfaction to do. How about inheritance? Well, God gives you the blessing of what God's given you. And then God gives you the charity to give it away. And then God gives you the satisfaction of giving it away. Right? That's what God does. Solomon had it all wrong. And to be so wise, he was pretty dumb. Yeah. To be so rich, he was pretty poor. Yeah. 
to be one that can bring counsel, call him the preacher. He's a sorry preacher. But he kindly finally came around to say, listen, Fred, it's about God and what God gives and the giver and the gift and the glory. God wants us to enjoy our work. God wants us to enjoy our pleasures. God wants us to enjoy the facts. God wants us to enjoy the inheritance. God wants us to enjoy uh, the very wisdom that he gives us tonight. But in honor of God, let him be the one that gets the glory and praise. See, that's the meaning of life tonight. We find here lastly that God is in the goodness. In verse 26, it says, For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. In other words, tonight, this life under the sun, lived with God, is the greatest life that ever could be lived. That's what he's saying. He's saying God has given us the greatest life under the sun if it's lived with God. If it's lived from God and lived by God. God gives the sinners work. God gives the sinners tonight that they could save. And God gives, makes the sinners to give as well. We find tonight Solomon said this is vanity. But God said this is victory. So with God there is meaning in life. For the meaning of life is to love and to lean and to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to explain everything in life. We don't have to know everything in life. And we don't have to have everything in life. All we got to do tonight is to know that whatever's in life, that God is the giver of it. And God is the blessing of the gift of it. And He's the glory of it. And He's the goodness of it. And I'll live my life with that mindset, not understanding why does a tornado come through a, a city and it just destroys this road and not that road. I can't tell and explain tonight uh, why, a, uh, why somebody tonight on a plane, maybe there's a hundred people and it crashes and everybody dies but one. Can you explain those kind of things? Can you explain why children get cancer? Can you explain tonight when some people live to be 100 and some people die at 50? I mean, we can go through all of these scenarios and why do these people get hurt and hammered and why these people get to live long and with ease. And I can't explain all that. But tonight, that's not for us to explain. It's for us tonight to know that life is worth living. And life with worth living is living for God. And knowing that he's the giver and the gift. And knowing that all in our lives is the glory for him. Uh Sister Diana, you lost your job. It's God's glory for that. Don't fret over it. Don't get upset of it. Don't don't, don't change your whole way of life. Don't get upset and become very emotional and very uh, where you can't function and, and like life is over. No, no, no. We can't explain it. We don't have to. But God is in it. God will work it through. God will give us another one. God will give us you a better one. I say tonight, listen, Brother Keith, can you make it with Sister Claudia not working? Probably not. But can you make it if she does work? Probably not. So what should we do? Do the Bible way. Do God's way. 
do what's best for the wife and what's best for the home and what would God get glory in and what would God benefit in that's what God would benefit in a wife and a mother at home doing her job where God's placed her at amen amen that's the truth. not a lot of people like that but I don't care I don't care we find tonight scenarios that we can even talk through and walk through we could talk about tonight Sister Kaylin and she wanted to be married she wanted to be at one time a missionary a, a, a wife to a preacher has it come through has it been here hold on sister you just stay faithful to God you stay faithful to God I want to find somebody that loves Jesus and go to church and be a man and live for Jesus and live for God and take care of me and my baby and take care of who I am, his wife and the mother of my daughter tonight. Listen, there's one out there. We can't explain it right now. Sister Sarah, wanting a husband as well and a family. Don't rush it. Don't push it. Don't get some old bomb. You wait for God. You let God bring you that man. Let God bring that man to you. We could go all through the, through, the, through the auditorium here tonight in different occasions, situations that we know tonight. All I'm saying is life worth living? If God ain't in it, no. If God's in it, yes. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hope I didn't offend anyone who I mentioned your name tonight. If I did, I'm sorry. Because God is the Lord Jesus tonight. He's the Lord of our lives. Won't we just lay down tonight and give Him the rulership and the ownership tonight to do whatever He pleases with us tonight. That's the very meaning of life. Won't you come tonight and lay before the Lord and say, Oh God, here I am. Here I am. Do whatsoever thou willest with me. You have whatever you want, God. I surrender it all tonight. I lay it out before you. Life isn't worth living without you. Lord, I want you in it. I want you in the very small things, in the large things. I want you in my everyday walk. I want you in my darkness, in my valleys, Lord. I want you in the mountaintops. I want you, Lord. How about you tonight? Would you come? And lay it out before the Lord. Here it is, God. Here I am. Take me. Use me. Fill me. Anoint me. Do as you please and do as you will. I'll not get in the way, Lord. Would you come tonight? You sing, Brother George. There's some to come. Would you come? Would you come? Boy, if there's ever a day we need God, it's today. Is there ever a God time that we need to walk with God? It's day day. We need to walk with God. We can get like Solomon so easily tonight. We can start living this life and we start taking that it's not worth it. It's not worth living for Jesus. It's too tough to live for Jesus. It's not, it's not the very right to live for Jesus. And tonight we can get like that. But God help us. It's God. It's the Lord Jesus tonight. Some have come, would you come? As he sings, would you come? Just lay out before the Lord.
lay down before God. God, here I am. I ask you, God, to do whatever you desire. However you decide, you do. I beg you, Lord, take me, use me, make me yours. I need you, Lord. There's no other life I dare to live than the life with Jesus. How about you tonight? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come tonight? Oh, put it on the line. Say, Lord, I don't want to be in the mind of Solomon. Even though Solomon got it at the end, it's still tonight. Don't want to ever think that life's not worth living. Life's worth living. For Jesus, it's worth living. It is. It is tonight. Even though the troubles may come, the difficulties may be, it's worth living. Oh, you're in a better place with God than without God. You are better off tonight with God than without God. You are. You are tonight. Oh, people are praying. People are seeking the Lord. People are trying to get with God. People are just giving their hearts to Christ tonight. People are crying out to the Lord. God, help me to live a life that's meaningful for you. Help me not to waste my life on the things that don't count. God, help me tonight, dear God, to do the things that count for Jesus. Help me not to waste my money, my time, my life on things that mean have no value. God, help me tonight that I don't take on that attitude. Life is vanity. Vexation of spirit. All is vanity. How about it tonight? Yes, amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallowed be His name. Yes, he does. If you know it, you can sing it tonight. Every day that you do need me your way, that you do just what you say. And Oh
Yeah. 